Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis. Today we have episode 92. We're going to be talking about tarsal tunnel syndrome. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful day in northern Maine right now. Tons of people out there running. And along with running comes overuse injuries uh, of the lower extremity and oftentimes signs and symptoms of tarsal tunnel syndrome. Now, tarsal tunnel is not quite as common as carpal tunnel syndrome, but we do see it quite often and um, it often is missed um, because it can look like other diagnoses. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what is tarsal tunnel syndrome, where is it located, how do you evaluate it, and ultimately how do you treat it. But before we get started with that, I'd like to just take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. Do you experience leg and foot fatigue when standing for long periods of time? A Maine doctor and the company he founded, Mainly Technology Group, have created a high-tech, all-terrain, chemical-free sock designed to reduce fatigue. The Easy Glider Sock has a graduated compression weave to keep blood flowing and to keep you energized. Created by Dr. Lee Thibodeau, the Easy Glider is also frictionless, lightweight, warm, extremely durable, and wicks away moisture. The socks will stay fresh for days, thanks to the organic antimicrobial agent, Kytosan. Easy Glider is the only sock you'll ever need for sports, work, and leisure. To find out more, visit EasyGliderSocks.com. That's EasyGliderSocks.com. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit EasySlant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Welcome back. So we're going to be talking about tarsal tunnel syndrome today. And um, I did touch on it a little bit in the last podcast when we talked about Tunnel signs. And uh, we will talk about that a little bit today as part of our evaluation. But today we're just going to dive in a little bit more into tarsal tunnel syndrome. So you know, what is it? Um, it's like carpal tunnel syndrome. It's usually a compression type injury. Um, and this compression injury uh, or problem usually affects the posterior tibial nerve. Okay, so remember the tarsal tunnel is located between the medial malleolus and the medial calcaneus. Now, spanning the distance of that is this flexor retinaculum, which is a very non-forgiving, tight, fibrous structure that helps to hold in the posterior tibial tendon, um, the, holds in the flexor digitorum longus, the posterior tibial artery, the posterior tibial vein, and of course the posterior tibial nerve, which is the one we're going to be talking about the most today. Um, so what causes tarsal tunnel syndrome? Well, oftentimes it can be um, repetitive or it could be traumatic. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, trauma, like a, a kick to the inside of the ankle or, um, you know, somebody falling off of uh, an object and striking that area. It can cause uh, some inflammation, some swelling in that tarsal tunnel, which increases the, um, you know, the, the swelling and takes up that space. 
when you start to take up that space, you tar- start to compress that posterior tibial nerve a little too much. Um, some people will end up with spurring. Sometimes a little arthritic spurring in the medial side of the ankle can compress the nerve. Um, oftentimes, though, this is due to overuse and biomechanical problems such as pronation or you know people who are running a lot especially on a cambered road if you run against traffic um, the right foot will pronate more than the left foot and cause this this over pronation overuse of the uh, flexor digitorum longus and the posterior tibialis uh, tendons they cause some irritation in the uh, tunnel and then therefore more swelling, more pressure, and then signs of um, tarsal tunnel syndrome. One thing you need to remember is um, that there are, can be these occasional unusual things like tumors in the area or cysts in the area that can put excessive pressure on there. Um, you know, pregnancy with a uh, uh, increased you know retention of water can cause this also just like it does in carpal tunnel so things to take into consideration when evaluating these people that you're suspicious of tarsal tunnel syndrome so how do you evaluate it well first things first you need to remember that this gets mistaken for many other things okay or vice versa so let's make sure that we clear the lumbar spine we do reflex testing sensory testing manual muscle testing do a straight leg raise test just rule out that that lumbar spine make sure this is not a radicular uh, problem going down toward the heel uh, and or into the medial side of the foot Try to differentiate between plantar fasciitis and tarsal tunnel syndrome. We've seen this. I uh, experienced this as a young therapist, had misdiagnosed uh, a young lady one time with plantar fasciitis. We treated it as such for about three weeks, just really not showing a lot of improvement. Um, So we had sent her for an EMG just to find out that uh, she had some posterior tibial nerve compression and it was a scarring uh, issue. They went in, did a scope, uh, took that scar tissue out of there and came out and did great after that. Um, and it was a tarsal tunnel related issue. So make sure that you plant, you palpate the plantar surface of the foot, palpate the calcaneal tubercle, the plantar fascia, ask the common question, you know, do you have pain when you first get up in the morning? Uh, and when you take your first couple of steps, if they say yes, it's less likely to be tarsal tunnel syndrome and more likely to be plantar fasciitis. Ask if there's any tingling or paresthesias associated with it. Plantar fasciitis does not commonly cause paresthesia, so it's more likely to be some nerve-related issue. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're not dealing with a plantar fasciitis uh, problem. Next, I like to do a tenel sign uh, at the ankle. So what I do is I take uh, my middle finger and and or reflex hammer, the sharp end of a reflex hammer, especially the one with the triangular head, and I'll tap in that uh, tarsal uh, tunnel region where that posterior tibial nerve comes around the malleolus. Now that's going to split into the uh, calcaneal nerves and into the uh, plantar nerves. When you are tapping... If the page, I don't usually tell the patient what they're going to uh, experience. I'll say, let me know if you uh, feel anything unusual when I do this. And sometimes they'll say, I just feel you tapping my ankle. Okay, no big deal. But if they say, you know what, I'm feeling some tingling in my big toe. You need to be um, thinking about the medial plantar nerve as a source of compression. If they say, you know what, I'm getting a little tingling or a little shocking sensation around my my uh, fourth or fifth toe, 
then you need to be thinking that it could be a lateral plantar nerve. And then if you're doing that tap in that general region and they say they're getting some paresthesia or shocking type sensation down into the heel, um, which is where people mistaken this for plantar fasciitis, um, they may be developing a, a medial calcaneal nerve entrapment. Sometimes people have very severe pain at the Baxter's nerve, first branch off the lateral plantar nerve. Um, that uh, can uh, also cause some problems there. Uh, so you want to make sure that uh, when you do your tenels, if you do get paresthesias with it, you identify which branch is the cause of the problem. So, you know, what causes, what is the cause of tarsal tunnel? And so we'll talk about treatment. If you're going to treat it, you should know what's causing it. Okay. So if there's an excessive amount of swelling in the area, obviously trying to get rid of the inflammation, getting rid of the swelling, taking a non-steroidal if you can, um, and, uh, you know, doing some elevation, wearing a compression sleeve. Now, yes, this is a compression problem underneath that retinaculum, but globalized swelling in the lower extremity can also cause uh, some compressive problems. And I'm big on using compression stockings to help move fluid out of there, okay? It helps to promote better healing, um, and uh, I find some benefit to doing that, okay? Um, you know, if somebody's shoe is too tight or a boot is too tight and compressing the medial uh, side of the uh, foot, then that's an issue also. So you need to address the footwear and, um, you know, take a look at their uh, foot arch type. So have them, make sure that you have them stand up. I have people do a functional squat all the time too, and this could really be a contributor because, you know, you have to think about what is causing that pes planus or that flat foot is it because the person's calf is so tight that they have to retrovert the hips or turn the feet out a little bit so that they can clear themselves uh, if they don't have the active dorsiflexion? Well, if the hips are retroverted and the feet are turned out, guess what? Every time you bear weight on that foot, you're collapsing that medial arch even more, stressing that posterior tibial um, tendon and muscle even harder eccentrically causing more stress and strain in the tarsal tunnel. So you want to take a look at them biomechanically. So what I'm going to do is I will add um, in the show notes a video of uh, evaluating a functional squat. So make sure you check that out and you can really see where that medial arch can collapse on some people and be a, a cause of the problem. You also... Um, want to take a look and see, you know, what other stresses are there to the medial side and the medial structures of the foot? Is it the um, surfaces that they stand on? Is it poor shoe wear, like flip-flops or, or something like that? Um, I love those things. They're great for business. They're really bad for people. Um, so we really try to you know, steer people away from that or being barefooted too much if they have signs of tarsal tunnel. Um, so occasionally starting with a decent, you know, semi-rigid orthotic or off-the-counter or off-the-shelf orthotic can be helpful. I, uh, I personally prefer a custom orthotic when people have had signs of tarsal tunnel for a long period of time because we really want to correct that medial arch and stabilize the heel in a neutral position. So I like to get that arch right up there and nicely supported. Now, if you feel like an, an orthotic is not enough or you want to give them just really a lot more support and get them rested... You could do a walker boot with a, a temporary support inside the walker boot. I really like to use a lace-up brace that has figure eight straps on it. What I do is I take that medial strap and I pull it up even harder to help support that medial side. So patients with um, tarsal tunnel syndrome and or posterior tibial tendonitis do really, really well with a lace-up brace. 
Only problem with the laser brace is it's cumbersome and a little time consuming to put on. People aren't as compliant as they should be when it comes to putting it on. So that's where an orthotic can be really be helpful. Um, I also like to do soft tissue modalities to the area. You know, anything to help decrease the swelling, bring perfusion to the region and flush that area out. I like to do compression to move that fluid out of the area. Um, and um, I'm kind of partial to iontophoresis with dexamethasone, sodium phosphate. I have been very successful using that, especially in areas like this that don't have a lot of soft tissue between the skin and the structure that you're working on. Uh, so I like to use iontophoresis. I know it's not very well reimbursed these days, um, but uh, oftentimes we will uh, come to an agreement with a patient saying, we feel this treatment is very beneficial. Would you pay cash for it? And then uh, we have a designated uh, rate uh, that they would pay for that. Uh, and we find that to be very helpful. Uh, sometimes if you have to, a cortisone injection can help decrease the swelling and inflammation in that area. But oftentimes this is a biomechanical problem. I really like to um, take care of the biomechanics here. So, um, what else? As far as um, you know, treatment goes, I like to strengthen the medial arch supporters. I like to do the intrinsics of the uh, foot. I also like to uh, work on hip abduction so that the knees do not collapse into a valgus as much, and uh, the patient doesn't end up with so much uh, pronation. So functionally, I like to do a lot of strength training to help avoid that pronated position. I'm big on gastroxoleus flexibility. I think that's a big contributor. It changes the mechanics of how your foot works. Um, so with that being said, I know I've gone through a, a lot here. Um, I think that, you know, we have fairly good success doing this. Oh, and one other thing I like to do are nerve gliding exercises. So not only do I like to do sciatic nerve gliding to help improve the sciatic nerve mobility, but I also like to do posterior tibial nerve glides. And I'll post a uh, video on this, and you can find this uh, in our uh, show notes today. I'll also put in a, a sciatic nerve flossing video so you can can check that out also. So make sure that um, if you're, you know, you, you can get these videos right on our uh, our listing underneath uh, our uh, on our page on our website. But uh, make sure you get to our YouTube channel. We have over 320 videos now about different patients with different diagnoses and uh, how to perform certain special tests. Uh, and we're finding it to be really, really helpful at this stage. I'm getting a lot of great comments from students from all over the place, PT students, medical students, um, looking at our videos, uh, getting ready for their board exams and uh, utilizing the videos to help them study. And uh, when you see it on a real patient with a real problem, then uh, it, uh, it's a lot more applicable. And I'll also post a video of uh, somebody with tarsal tunnel syndrome. The video is a little old, and I don't do a lot of talking. It's when I first started doing videos. Um, but you can see somebody who has some swelling in that area and who has uh, tarsal tunnel syndrome. So, um, folks, if you like the show and you would like to donate to help us continue to bring this content to you, um, please go to our website, orthoevalpal.com, and um, hit the heart button. You can make a donation there. And uh, please make sure that you get to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Like, rate, and review uh, our show. And uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Again, if you have any questions, uh, please uh, send me a message at paul at orthoevalpal.com. Be more than happy to uh, try to help you out. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Please stay tuned. We have lots more coming, lots more content that I'm excited about uh, podcasting about. And we're also going to have some interviews uh, coming up within the next couple of months. So so uh, make sure you stay with us. Thanks. Have a great day.
We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.